Hi, my name's Jason. I'm the senior pastor at Chilton Church. We hope all our messages will help you connect more fully with God's love, grow as his follower, and share his hope with those around you. Thanks so much for joining us. to be with you and thank you for the very warm welcome. I have to tell you that um, I do feel a bit of a special connection with this church. Deluded man you're thinking, aren't you? Hey, poor fella. But uh, it has been an honour to be involved over the years and to serve you and it's a joy to be back here this morning. So thank you for the very warm welcome. Um, and I don't want to kind of have this thing about saying nice things about each other, but can I tell you something? You need to really appreciate what great leadership you've got in this church. I knew from the moment I met you two that you were the right people for this place. You might have noticed they're not perfect, but they're God's people for this. Give them a, you're going to give them a clap then when you do that. Yeah. Okay important to do that. I'm going to read to you from um, Genesis chapter 6 verses 5 to 9 and it's about Noah. Oh you all know the story about Noah don't you? And it says this that the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. In Proverbs chapter 3, it tells us in verse 31, but it's really verse 32 that I want to highlight. It says, Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. For the Lord detests the perverse, but takes the upright into his confidence. I, I was excited when I read that because it's what it's saying is this, that God takes those he can trust into his confidence. That's something, isn't it? That the God of the universe wants to take you into his confidence. In the, in the Amplified Bible, it says he takes the upright uh, into his confidential and secret counsel. I tell you what, it makes GCHQ look ridiculous. God can take us into his confidence. And what I want to speak about this morning is this, the importance for us to hear what God says, listen to his voice, so that when he wants to take us into his confidence, we're ready to hear and to act upon it. Because that's really, really important. It says here, he takes the upright into his confidence. The upright, the upright. God loves and wants to bless everyone, but can I tell you that his dealings, his deep dealings, are with those he can trust. Have you noticed you can't tell everything to everybody? 
But there are sometimes people that you know that you trust who have your heart and you can tell them anything. And you have to be able to trust somebody before you take them into their confidence. Otherwise, if they, you know, I heard this terrible story about three ministers. And um, uh, they were getting really real with one another and being kind of, you know, taking each other into their confidence. And, and one said, you know, I, while we're here, I've just got to confess. He said that, you know, I've got inappropriate thoughts and I've, I've messed up, you know, about, about ladies in the church. And I'm really tempted about that and it's terrible. And the second fellow said, you know what? He says, I, I've had a trouble with money. I've been... I've been helping myself a bit to the money. Oh dear. And then the third one said, well, while we're, we're, we're being so dead, he says, I, I, I've got a terrible problem with keeping confidences and, and <laughs> not gossiping. <laughs> you see, you need to know that you can trust somebody before you can be open with them. And the thing is this. God wants to be able to trust, and he trusts the upright. You know, uh, if I was to say to you, if you know that you're a Christian, shout now. Hello. Hey, yeah. If you're upright and righteous, say the same. That's quieter. You see, it's always quieter. Always works. It's always quieter when you say, are you a Christian? Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. I know Jesus. Are you upright and are you righteous? Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Do you know what? If you're not upright and righteous, you're not a Christian. That's, that's the truth. Um, uh, we think of the word righteous as, oh, I'm self-righteous, I'm better than anybody. But no, we're not saying that. We're not saying that at all. You see, the righteousness that God gives us comes from the gospel. The righteous means to be made righteous, to be made right despite who we are. Romans 1.17, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. I am not perfect, but in God's sight, I'm forgiven. I'm righteous. He tells me so, and I receive it. You see, me and my wife know me too well. And God knows me even better. But despite me, I'm accepted, I'm loved, I am made righteous in his sight. He's told me that. So the upright, so therefore, I can be a person who potentially can be taken into his confidence. He wants to speak to me. It talks about Noah, he was righteous, blameless, and he walked faithfully with God. Righteous, I've just told you what that means. Blameless, doesn't mean you're perfect. But do you know something? When you make mistakes... Put them right immediately. All right? Don't try and hide them. I, I, I watched one edition of EastEnders once for homework, research purposes. Now, if you like EastEnders, I'm sorry. For you? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> And, and, and I thought, people mustn't live to the standard of EastEnders as if that's all. You know, and, and this one story, very, very quickly, this lady was expecting a baby. And her partner was not the dad. So she was going to tell him that Fred down the road's the dad. But he was really, really nice to her, so she didn't tell him. And the mess just carried on. Walking in the light, being honest, walking upright. 
confessing up your mistakes, asking forgiveness, that's God's standard. Not covering it up, not telling little lies, not trying to, you know, it always bites you in the rear end. If you try and hide the rubbish that's in our lives, we can walk blamelessly before God, not because we're perfect, but because God, by his grace, when we repent and ask forgiveness, he keeps us clean. And he walked with God. Noah walked with God. And you know, that's what we are called to do. We don't walk to church and spend a bit of time here and then walk out again. We walk with God every moment of every day. He's with us. He's promised never to leave or forsake us. You know, Adam and Eve walked with God. They communed with him. I was really, really naughty yesterday. (laughs) I was really bad. I went to a, a zone day. A zone day? What on earth is that? It's our, 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 our uh, fellowship that we're part of is Assemblies of God. And we had a, 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 an area zone day up in Lewisham. I went there. And it was my mate preaching, actually. And he was talking about how important it is to spend time with God. And you know this thing about having your quiet time? And he said, you know, some people think, oh, it's, it's got to be in the morning. Well, if you're not a morning person, have it in the evening. And he was making the point that Adam used to walk with God in the cool of the evening and before he actually said that he said so when did Adam have his quiet time and I shouted out before Eve came along (laughs) ladies you hate me now don't you (laughs) it just came to me I don't know Enoch was a man who walked with God and, and can I tell you, when we talk about walking with God, we think, oh, it must be some, you know, you, you, you're about that far off the ground as you walk with God. No, actually, he walks with you. He came and he put feet on, these, on this earth. And as our feet are on this earth, we can walk with him. I'm going to talk a bit about how in a few moments. But Abraham was called God's friend. He was aware of him being there. And there's that story about when Miriam and Aaron challenged Moses. Silly thing to do. And God said to them, look, listen here. I talk to prophets in dreams and that, but not Moses. I talk to him face to face. I talk to him plain. I don't give him anything to guess about. I tell him straight because I can trust him. I take Moses into my confidence, basically. Because that's what he does with those who are upright. See, God speaks. It's really important that you know that God, God speaks. A bit further on in, uh, from what I, re- I read up to verse 9, but in verse 13, having said that God gave, or, or Noah found grace in God's eyes, in verse 13, it says this, God said to Noah, he spoke to him, he, he said to him, he took him into his confidence and he shared this really crazy plan. Not been raining, you're nowhere near the coast, build a boat. Crazy man. I believe with all my heart that every Christian, every believer has the ability, actually has an inheritance to be able to hear what God says. Every Christian has that. He speaks to us. He leads people before they're even aware. Do you know, if God hadn't spoken to you, you wouldn't be here this morning. In fact, I'm aware, I'm aware that before I ever knew about Jesus, 
God was working in my life, speaking to me, and I just didn't recognize it. And people who don't even know Jesus are important parts of this church yet now. But, well, they will be, but they don't even know about it yet. Because God can speak to them. God can draw them. And God does speak through circumstances in, in all sorts of different ways. But the point is this. I want you to have faith that God can speak to you. And I know that people think, oh, God never speaks to me. I'm going to come to that in a minute. But he jolly does. John eight forty seven. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. Hey, you know what's right and wrong, don't you? You know if you're doing something a bit naughty. You get that conviction. God's speaking to you. But why does he speak to us? I'll tell you why. There's a reason. You see, he wants to reveal things to us which we need to respond in obedience to in order to unlock God's purposes and work upon the earth. You see, Noah was taken into God's confidence and told what was going to happen. And I want you to build an ark. Now, why did he tell Noah? Why did he find grace in the eyes of the Lord? i tell you why. Because God knew that he wasn't going to just hear what he said. But he was going to actually get the hammer and nails out and make the boat that God told him to make. He was a man who was going to do what God said. He was obedient. He built the ark. And that's why God took him into his confidence because his action was going to happen. Do you know, when Noah built an ark, I used to have this weird, I've, I've had some weird thoughts in my life. I used to think that Noah was kind of, it's all right for him. He's going to build a boat and everyone else is going to drown. But me and my family, we're all right. That's not what it's about at all. You know, that ark, that boat was a prophetic statement to the world of that day. Do you think God wanted to judge the world? No. When he built that ark, the people saw and the people ridiculed. But had anybody repented if that world at that time had said that you know god must mean something really serious here if he's called noah to do that if that prophetic statement that noah had made had caused repentance then god wouldn't have had to bring a flood upon the earth it was a a a statement to the world and can i tell you that the church is called to be a prophetic statement to the community We're not here, we're all right, we're going to heaven. Sorry about that, everyone outside. I can hear God's voice because he speaks to me because I'm righteous. No, he speaks to you so that you can be a prophetic people that shows this world that there's a better way to live, that there's a savior in Jesus, that there is eternal life in him, that there's a new life that can be found, that there's something worth living for and that people need to know who he is. We, we are prophetic people. Do you know, Jesus was a prophet, a priest, and a king. He was a king, king of kings. But he was also a priest. A priest is someone who represents mankind to God. Right? In some churches, they have a priest that you have to go through. We don't do that because we've got one priest, and that's Jesus. We come to the Father through Jesus. That's what we do. But a prophet 
is God's representative to man. So what God says to the prophet, he speaks out because he brings God's prophetic word to the world. You know, prophet, people think prophecy is just what's going to happen in the future. What's going to happen tomorrow? It, tell you, if you want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, ring someone in New Zealand and they'll tell you what's going on. That's easy. That's profound, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> do you know, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and to the ends of the world. Too many believers think they've received favour and grace and forgiveness for their benefit. You're not here for your benefit. You're here to serve God. We're here. I like that word serve. You know, we, we serve God. But actually, I like being a waiter. And we serve God. We give him out. We share him. Beautiful picture. And the waiter in the restaurant doesn't get a big tray of food and think, oh, that's very nice. He's given it to serve it to those who are paying for it, who need it. And God wants us to hear what he says so that we can be obedient in living our lives as a prophetic people to this world. You know, to reveal things to us, he speaks to us. He reveals things to us to make us effective as well. Give us that edge, okay? To give us that edge. God reveals things that we can't and don't know. <laughs> he does that to help us to serve him better rather than us hoping for the best. I used to have this terrific, oh, terrible um, uh, pressure about, oh, what's your church vision? Oh, what's the vision? I don't know. I've got to think up a vision. Because people think I'm not a very good leader if I haven't got a vision. And then I suddenly thought, hang on, it's not my church. It's God's vision. Oh, suddenly relax. That's great. What is it, Lord? And he told me. And then I told him, and it was fine. <laughs> if I'd have told them my vision, they'd have all left. And I'd have gone with them. <laughs> it's not about me. It's about hearing what God... You see, because if we hear what God says and we do that, even if it's as crazy as building a boat in a desert, it will work. But we've got to hear what he says. Elisha was told by God... Everything that the enemy king of the Arameans was doing. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 2. And the king, the enemy king was going crazy because he tried to outflank and outsmart the Israelites. He couldn't do it. And he said, none. He said, Who's, who is the mole? Who's the spy? Who's telling the king of Israel what's going on? And they said, none of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very word you speak in your bedroom. Now, that's what I call having the edge. Because God spoke through the prophet to God's people to give them the edge. God wants to give you the edge in this community. He wants you to be, and it's wonderful that you're entering into a time of prayer, seeking God, spiritual warfare. God can speak to you if you listen to him and give him the opportunity. It's fantastic. Um, I remember uh, a story of a, a pastor that came to our church oh, what, about a million years ago now. Um, 
And he went to some Christian businessman's thing. And he'd never done this before, but he felt God was saying to him, I want you to give a word out this evening. I want you to say, you will be a polished shaft. What? He didn't know what that meant. It actually, I believe it refers to an arrow. That if the, the shaft is polished, it flies better. Anyway, it's still irrelevant, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> whatever it is, you should be a polished shaft. And this fellow says, oh, can't, can't do that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, ladies always do that, don't they? Oh, and, and, and I'm sorry, I'm not picking on the ladies this morning. I love you. <laughs> but, 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 he, but he was, oh, he was going, he was churning inside and God said, you've got to say it. And he knew he had to say it. And so it was bright red and he stood up and he said, you should be a polished shaft. He said, right, Lord, no. He said again. You should be a polished shaft. He said three times, you shall be a polished shaft. And then he sat down and he wanted the, the proverbial floor to open up and swallow him. At the end of that meeting, someone came and found him and said, are you the fellow that said about the polished shaft? He said, no, not me, mate. No, he said, he said yes, it was. He said, do you know, at my workplace or something, or wherever it was, there's this Christian group called the Polish Shafts. And they've asked me, do you, oh, we want you to become part of us. What do you think? He said, oh, I didn't really want to do it. And I didn't know about it. And then I come here and you tell me three times, you shall be a Polish Shaft. God speaks to us. Fantastic. When the woman was at the well, Jesus came along. Had a bit of a theological argument. Oh, you Jews say we should worship in Jerusalem. But we Samaritans. And then he cut to the chase. He said, go and tell your husband. Oh, I'm not uh, married. Uh, he said, no, the man you're with, not your husband. And the other lot weren't either. Or you had this many. And, and she said, I see you're a prophet. What an understatement that was. He spoke right into her life because the father told him all about that lady. He knew. It gives us the edge. And there was a lady that came to our church years ago. It's her first time, and I felt God had a word just to give out, and she didn't come for two weeks, more. And then she came back the third week. I said, where have you been for the last two weeks? She said, oh, I came here, she said, and it scared me. I said, why? She said, well, you said all about me. And she thought, oh, that man's inside my head. That man was not inside anybody's head, just God told me what to say, and I said it, and God spoke to her. Exciting, isn't it? Really exciting. Ah, yes. Now, he speaks to us because he wants to reveal things so that we can be obedient, to make us effective, but also because we belong. He likes to talk to us. He loves us. The disciples came to him. Why do you speak to the people in parables? You see, Jesus explained the parables to the disciples, but the people just heard the parables. They didn't understand it. And, and Jesus said, well, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. What he was saying was, I'm taking you into my confidence. I'm explaining what these things really mean so that you have a true understanding to be able to explain those truths to the world in which we live. They're not ready to hear this, but you are. Because I know you, you're my disciples. I can take you into my confidence. Then I can commission you to go and take the principles that I'm pouring into your life out. 
it's not for us alone. If God just took us into our confidence, just so he could tell us, we'd be, he'd be a gossip, wouldn't he? But he takes us into his confidence that we can act upon it and share it with our world. So how does God speak? Well, the first one won't surprise you. He speaks through the Bible, doesn't he? He speaks through the written word of God. The Bible is a book of 66 books comprised of God-breathed scripture of historical spiritual truth passed down to and through generations. It speaks of life, guidance, and most important of all, it speaks about and reveals Jesus to us. This Bible, ooh, this lectern is broke. No, it's not. This Bible is vital to our faith. Um, when Jesus had risen from the dead and there were two men walking on the road to Emmaus, they were chatting about what had been happening. Oh, Jesus has been crucified, he's been buried, blah, blah, blah. Then Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, the living word of God, came and stood, started walking with them. And isn't it interesting, it says in Luke 24, 27, that, and beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. You see, this Bible reveals Jesus to us and the thing is this that without the Bible spiritual truth would have been lost through word of mouth over the generations people think oh no we just we just walk by the spirit and God will speak to us yes he does that as well but I tell you there's some foundational truths that we need to hang on to and know because we read them in the Bible that is so important it contains in important foundations and it's not just about a book but how that can inform and inspire as we read that inspired word. You know, the Bible can be misused. The Pharisees knew scripture. They knew it. They knew it better than I do. But they didn't hear God speak. In fact, they argued with the living word of God trying to use the word of God. Crazy people. It needs to be read with the help of the Holy Spirit. Sadly, there are people who do degrees in theology and the Spirit of God never touches them because <laughs> it's an intellectual exercise. No, spiritual truth is spiritually discerned. So when you read the Bible, God speaks to us because he makes it come alive. You know, some of the Bible, and you've got to hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying here. <laughs> some of the Bible is clear teaching and it's essential for us to embrace now. Okay? Other bits are historical and cultural and may not directly apply to us now okay it has temporal truths and eternal truths uh, there's one commandment i'm never going to break don't cook a young goat in its mother's milk i'm never going to do that i'm never i'm not even tempted but it's not really something that we're called to directly apply in Sutton and Carshorton in 2020. So there are things that, that we need to be wise about, you see, but there are other things that we actually, you, you, we really, really need. And that is what it teaches about faith, grace, the deity of Christ, who he is, forgiveness, love, all those things. They are vital. But even the obscure bits are part of God's written word. And so all scripture in 2 Timothy 
16 is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. We read about the battles that there were, historical accounts, but you can get spiritual truths out of those. It does not a license to go and have a battle, get the sword out. No, we are in a spiritual sense doing what those armies did in a physical sense and so we learn from those historical accounts spiritual truths that God can give us. You know, we can misuse the scripture and just pick out, a th- you can prove anything from the Bible. You can pick out a, a verse out of context and prove any nonsense. Even the devil used scripture to make a point to Jesus, but you don't do that with Jesus, you lose. You know, when he tempted him. So, but the bottom line is this, read the Bible. Spend time in the scripture. Pray that, Lord, you'll speak to me through this. And if there's some unclear bits, interpret those through the bits that are clear. See, he speaks to us through the Bible. He speaks to us when we're in his presence. As we've worshipped here today, we've had words given us already. But do you know, that is such an important thing. I can't tell you how important and vital you being at church meetings is. Sometimes people treat church as a kind of, mm, shall I go today? Do I feel like it? No, I won't. No, no, I won't do it. I'll be lying today. Can I tell you something? Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And it's not about just creating a crowd. It's so that you can come and A, hear what God says to you in a context that is very, very powerful. And also that you can be used by God to bless others. You're not here just to be served. You're here to serve. You're here to listen to God and to be able to speak to God. Sorry, your name. Brenda. If Brenda hadn't been here this morning, then you wouldn't have been able to say, Brenda, have you got a word? And then Brenda wouldn't have said anything because she's not here. And then Brenda wouldn't have said that thing and whoever it spoke to, it wouldn't have happened. But thank you, Brenda, for being here. Do you get my... My point, do you get my drift? Being in his presence, there is a sense in which we come into the corporate presence, but also in quietness and waiting upon him, he speaks to us. He drops things into our minds and into our hearts. That's God speaking to you. Oh, it's not, you know, my imagination. No, it isn't. You know, in, in life's circumstances, life's circumstances, God can speak... When we walk with him in our world, we can hear God's voice and direction through prompt, through conscience. And, and we're called to operate out there. And God goes with us. And he speaks to us. He speaks to us. You know, people think, oh, God doesn't speak to me because I've, I've never had an angel in the living room. I've never heard an audible voice. Who's ever heard an audible voice from God? Yeah, yeah, I have too. Yeah, there's not, and, and, and that doesn't make us better, by the way. Because if God gives you something very, 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 very clear, then it's probably for a very, 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 very difficult thing. <laughs> when, 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 bless Mary, when she was pregnant and not married, 
and it was nothing to do with Joseph. She had a big cell, didn't she? Ah, it was the Holy Spirit did this. Oh, all right then. Oh, should have said. No, I'll tell you what. That doesn't really wash, does it, with the, you know, conventional wisdom. <laughs> she needed angels. She needed the presence of God to overwhelm her and say, you're with child of the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. I need to know that. And I've only had it once. And it was just once. And, and it was to do. When, when Horizon Church started up, people kept saying to me, what are we going to be called? I said, I don't know. And it, this, I didn't know. I could have Googled a, a thousand cool church names and picked one. I had this little notebook. And when I thought of something, I wrote it down. I thought, that's, that's nonsense. And I was getting out of bed one morning. And uh, unusually, my wife was out of the room. I'm always up first, but not that morning. And as I was getting out of bed, I heard Horizon. Boom. No one has ever said what a stupid name for a church. And do you know why? Because I never thought of it. If you don't like the name of our church, take it up with the Holy Spirit, because God spoke to me that day. I needed to know that the foundation of what we were about to do was in God. And I didn't want to name his church. I wanted him to name his church. But you see, in these other ways, God speaks to us just as really and as powerfully. In life circumstances, don't be anxious about anything, but pray and let the peace of God rule in your heart. If you're about to do something and you don't feel right about it, that's God speaking to you. Listen to your conscience. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Godly counsel. Ephesians 5, 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I'm nearly done. We're all right. Yeah, okay. Um, we're called to serve and grow together. That's why God has put us together. And I thank God for people that I have become close to who have helped me and stood with me. I could trust. At one point in my life, I, well, I, I was going to say I felt, no, I was incredibly betrayed. And it did something nasty to me. It gave me the attitude that I cannot trust anybody. Isn't that awful? I used to have a saying that I've repented of. The more I get to know people, the more I love my dog. Because I, I know at least she's not going to buy me. I've repented of that now. I have. Because we've got to reach out and we've got, we need one another. And we need wisdom on how we share. But do you know, godly counsel can help you. And finally, there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God gives gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, he gives gifts of revelation. And that's an important means of him speaking to us. A word of wisdom. Somebody can just say something to you. They know nothing. It's, it's the Holy Spirit speaking through. And you know, when you read the Bible, when you uh, hear in circumstances, when people say things to you, when you've got, you know, um, in circumstances, things seem to be pointing in a certain direction. Bring all those to God and say, Lord, what are you saying? Don't just take, a, when somebody has a prophetic word and says, you're going to be a missionary in Africa. Oh, 
right, better get me a visa then. Don't do that. If God's calling you to Africa and that's a confirmation, that's great. As a, as a, a, a fellow went up to a girl in a church one day and said, God's told me I'm going to marry you. And she said, great. She said, well, when he tells me, never happened. Wouldn't have been stupid. Oh, God's told him. I better marry him. How ridiculous is that? No, we, we hear God. We let God speak to us. And, but then we step out and we build an ark. In Hebrews 13. Sorry, not in Hebrews 13 at all. In Hebrews 1, 1 to 3, it says this, that in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, who is appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son, the son, the living word of God, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. We have a living saviour who speaks into our lives. You see, he extends favour and grace, not just to Noah, but to you and me. He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants us to know him, not know about him, but to know him. So that he, in all these and other various ways, can take us into his confidence and help us to grow in our relationship with him. In John chapter 6, when loads and loads of people were offended at what Jesus said, they all went, they did a runner, everybody. They all deserted him. <laughs> and so Jesus turned to Peter and said, you're going you're gonna to leave as well? But Peter said, Lord, to, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We're early in the new year. Your best days, Chilton, are ahead of you. Amen. He saves the best wine until. No. Now. You read it. I'm sorry if you said last. An, I'm just a nasty man. I have not come back next week. But no, that's true. He says you've saved the best till now. And I'll tell you something. If you will embrace what God is wanting to do in this church now, then your best days are to come. Amen? So let's listen to what God has to say. Let's bow our heads in prayer for a moment, shall we? You know, those, um, those two builders that uh, Jesus spoke a parable about, the difference was one heard what God said and put it into practice, built upon a rock, and the other one didn't. They both heard, but one obeyed. And God still speaks into our lives. He speaks into lives to bring salvation and to reveal his life. He speaks into your lives to bring guidance. And as I was sitting there earlier on, I, I, I just want to say to the person who is going through a very hard time at work, 
God is with you. I have no idea what that's about. He's with you. He'll guide you and lead you. And he wants to speak to you so that you will know him and walk with him in relationship. So Father, I want to thank you for this wonderful church, these great people, and for the vision that you have to make this church a prophetic people in the midst of this community. Lord, speak to them. Give them the courage to get the the word and the tools to build whatever it is you're calling them to build, to be what you want them to be, to achieve and accomplish what you want to accomplish. And when you just pour out your spirit upon this place and do a mighty work in a way that's never been done before. Lord, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you will just touch and bless the lives of these dear people here and that each one will move on, move up in their walk and their relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the church and how to connect with us in person or online wherever you are, please visit our website at www.chiltonchurch.org.uk.